You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I'm a compulsive overeater. I came into the program 18 years ago, and I'm maintaining a 100-pound weight loss. My current abstinence started in 2011, and I guess I've been maintaining it for, for 11 years. So I am a quantity binge eater, quantity addict, sugar addict. I've been a compulsive overeater as far back as I can remember. I remember when I was about five years old, my dad tried to dig it out of me. <laughs> um, I remember he placed a massive platter of sweet things in front of me because I must have embarrassed him the way I was eating those in front of his friends. And he thought if I OD'd on it, that would be the end of it. <laughs> I, When it comes to sweet things and food, I am completely dishonest. I remember stealing money from my parents. This is in elementary school, so I could I could go buy things, um, candies and stuff and eat. I remember stealing money from other kids in my class. Um, I remember putting food under my armpits. So I could go eat it in the bathroom. Um, food out of the garbage, spoiled food, rotten food, didn't matter. Uh, when I was in this, when I came to this country and I became a teacher, I raided the faculty refrigerator after everybody went home. And uh, I don't know what planet these people came from because they left food in the refrigerator and forgot all about it. And who knows for how many months it might have been there. And sometimes I discovered, you know, once it was in my mouth, I didn't really care. I didn't really care. Um, when I came to the program, by then I had tried all the commercial diets out there. Um, I had the commercial programs like Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig's, et cetera, uh, North Beach, South Beach, Banana Cabbage, Diet, Atkins. I had tried them. And each time I tried, something worked for me for a little bit. And then I, was, I would lose a little bit of weight and then it would come racing back even more than where I had been before. So I was feeling very, very desperate. I have triplet daughters. They were about three, four years old then. Every time I went to see the doctor, my doctor would say, you need to lose weight. Um, I had high blood pressure. I'd had raging gestational diabetes. When I was pregnant, I was borderline diabetic once again. I had really bad arthritis, inflammation in the knees. I, could, I couldn't walk around the block without my knees giving way. It was painful for me to turn over in the bed. My 
at night because I sleep on my side. So my knees would make the crook and it would wake me up. My doctor was begging me to go on Lipitor because my cholesterol was so high. Um, I think it was the time, six minutes. Uh, six minutes. Uh, I really felt that I was going to die an early death. I'd spent 10 years trying to have these children uh, in fertility treatments uh, galore, and I felt I would not be around to see them grow into teenagers even the way I was going. I felt so helpless that I'd heard about bariatric surgery, and I thought that was the only way for me because I tried everything else. Um, but I thought I was big boned. I needed to lose a hundred pounds. Uh, and I thought I was only overweight by 85 pounds. So I was seriously toying with the idea of putting on 15 more pounds because I knew that I could do <laughs> really easy. A weekend would do it for me. So, but I was afraid of the surgery. And so that's where I was when I read a front page article about OA in the Chronicle. Since then, I have never read an article about OA in any newspaper. It described OA as the last house on the block for the compulsive overeater. I had no delusions. I knew I was a compulsive overeater of the highest order. I decided to go to a meeting. I went to my first meeting and I don't know why I was so emotional. I remember feeling all shaky when the, by the time I got there. And the moment the, the meeting began, it was a powerful homecoming for me. Because for the first time in my life, people were talking about what it was like for me on the inside. I had no idea that other people felt the way I felt on the inside. I decided to do whatever these people were doing because I'd done everything else anyway, and there was nowhere left for me to go. I guess other than bariatric surgery is what I thought. And I heard people say, go to six different meetings, go to as many meetings as possible. I started going to meetings. At my second meeting, somebody walked up to me at the end of the meeting and said, um, I can be your temporary sponsor. And I thought, temporary? Yeah, I can handle temporary. So I said yes to her. I started working the steps right away. And at that meeting, it was an East Bay meeting. People those days talked about. That's six. Thank you. What their abstinence was. Just openly during the course of the share, they would declare their abstinence. So I heard things like three meals a day or two snacks or one snack, no sugar, no flour. I knew sugar was my demon, absolutely. So... But, and every single day I resolved that tomorrow was going to be different. It was going to always start tomorrow. And it never, ever was any different. But somehow the power of the program, working the steps, I don't know what it was, going to meetings. The next day it was noon and I hadn't had any sugar. It, I knew it was a big breakthrough for me. So I held on, and then it was afternoon and evening. I was super excited and just holding on somehow and somehow managed to put myself to bed. The next morning, I knew that a big miracle had happened. 
I'd had my first sugar-free day, 24 hours of abstinence from sugar. It's something that had been impossible forever, for decades. I was so thrilled, so thrilled. I held on to my second day. And then it was day three and four and five. I've been sugar-free ever since for 18 some years. But that's said and done, I tried all the sugar-free alternates and found out that sugar concentrates, agave, stevia, whatever, whatever, um, honey, they're all sugar to my brain. The moment I taste those, my mind goes to party. And so I can't, I can't have any of them. The only sugar I have is a counted measure amount of fresh fruit every day. And that's, that's all. So, but that's said and done. I can do a lot of damage with all the other foods put together. I, that sponsor left. I asked somebody to sponsor me mainly because I really liked her. We became really good friends, but it didn't bring me the commitment to my program somehow. I was trying all the easier, softer, gentler ways, um, and they got me nothing. They got me nothing. I started yo-yoing in the program, started feeling hopeless and hopeless once again. I didn't know what to do because I'd been out there and tried everything else already. And at that point, somebody took me to a meeting in San Francisco. And I, just, I heard this woman share that she didn't negotiate with food. Didn't negotiate with food. How was that? I negotiated with food all day long, all day long. Every bite, every morsel that I put in my mouth or wanted to put in my mouth and didn't put in my mouth, it was all food negotiation. And then I heard her say that she had a way of doing the daily 10th step by which food became low-grade static for her. And she felt the presence of her higher power palpably around her so she could reach out and touch it. I wanted that. I asked her what she was doing. She said she was writing step three prayer word for word. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always, God. Then she would write on three topics. God, I'm afraid. God, I'm angry. God, I'm resentful. Stayed focused on three. Whatever came up regarding those or one of those that cut down on her inner narrative and storytelling got to the heart of the program. Then she wrote step seven prayer word for word. My creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, the good and the bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to my fellows, etc. And then she would call somebody in the program and give it away. I asked her if I could do that. She said, yes. So I, I was not on step 10. But, and I never would have gotten there. So I started writing the way she told me, and I started calling random people in the program, anybody who answered, and started reading my writing word for word. 
And at the end of it, I felt so humbled, so vulnerable. My insights had come unzipped. The stuff that I didn't even know was in there started spewing out. Somehow when my pen touched the paper, for the first time in my life, I could truly be honest with myself between those pages and my higher power and be willing to push the flush button and give it away to somebody else. I realized that I am an extremely fearful person. I have million anxieties that eat at me. Some of them really small and insignificant, but they add up like scum on my teeth when I don't brush my teeth. And they eat at me and that's what makes me want to eat. My angers is about my fears and so are my resentments. It started changing me, the vulnerability and the humility of That's that. Well. Thank you. Made the food a low-grade static. I asked her to be my sponsor. She told me to write about what is it about the program that I'm unwilling to give 100% of myself to it because I shared that I'm like these giant tankers in the bay that have trouble turning and other people in front of my life get the program and they change and start dropping the weight. And I've been yo-yoing for so long. So she had me do this assignment. What is it? What am I afraid of to truly give myself to this program? And because I trusted her recovery, I started writing and I realized I was afraid of all sorts of things. Even things I wanted, I was afraid of having to give up my favorite foods. I was afraid of starving because I thought thin people were starving people. I was afraid of being thin and being seen. And I didn't know what it was like to live that life because that I'd been overweight for as long as I could remember. And for the first time, I started doing the step work with complete honesty and things, the layers started peeling. She taught me that abstinence is number one, that I have to build an airtight container of abstinence. So I made a food plan based on the red, yellow, green foods in dignity of choice. She taught me that the most important thing is that I have good food cooked and available always in my refrigerator. So no matter, I follow that to this day, no matter how late, sometimes I'm cooking at 11 p.m., but I am cooking. I am super busy right now. I just started um, a nursing program. Uh, and so my life is super hectic. I make sure my food is cooked. It's packed the night before so I can just grab it in the morning. I started bringing my food to weddings, events, uh, conventions, no matter what, asking the hotel for a refrigerator, which they provide if you need to take medication. Food is my medication. And uh, honesty is the, is the foundation of everything. To this day, if I stray in my food in any way, I text or call my sponsor and let her know. 
And I can be honest about everything, but being honest about the food is the hardest thing. If I owe you money, I'll chase you down. But I hate telling my sponsor. I haven't told her that there was a package of cherries in my refrigerator. And it was beginning to get old. They were still good. And after I measured my cherries, there were two left over. And I thought they will you know, either throw them in the garbage or whatever. And I ate the two. Haven't told her yet. So stuff like that, if it's by a tablespoon or whatever, I have to tell her. Otherwise, it'll start the secrecy of it will eat me. I go to meetings because when I hear my fellows, that's where I truly belong and hear the truth. I do, for the first eight years, I wrote the 10th step every single day, including the prayers. Now I write it when I'm pinched on the inside and give it away. My biggest tool today is meditation because when I close my eyes and go deep within myself, I'm getting in touch with a place of quiet and peace, my deepest self, which is the intuitive self. So I hear that intuitive voice. I'm in touch with my higher power. I connect with the harmony inside of me, which is deep and the harmony of the entire universe. I'm guided, I'm recharged, energized. I can truly surrender. And somehow that penetrates me at a very deep cellular level so I can really let go. And the biggest of all is that things that eat at me get diffused. It removes all those stresses. So hungry, angry, lonely, tired, I no longer hang out by the refrigerator door, but close my eyes and turn inwards. And that brings me the biggest relief of all. So my program today has four important practices. Abstinence is number one. I do my writing. I meditate. I go to meetings and more stresses that come my way, busier that I am, I hold on to these tools because without these, I will be completely washed away, completely washed away. I'll be back to the trenches and I remember how hopeless and desperate that was. I'm extremely grateful to the program. I'm extremely, extremely grateful for where I am today. I'm 62. I show up in my life. I would not be a starting student at nursing school. I would not have shown up for my life last 11 years. Things have happened that I did not think were possible for me. And I realize that it's one day at a time program. I cannot take my recovery for granted. It's given to me today to enjoy. And if I work it, then I have tomorrow. But it's one day at a program, one day at a time program. I'm just really grateful. And if you didn't hear what you needed to hear, please come back. Each speaker has their own story and different things resonate with different people. And that's very true. 
that one meeting changed my trajectory in the program. So keep coming back. Thank you very much.